0: Hey, friend, did you miss me? Well, d- did you? Come on. I hope the answer is hell yes, because I missed you so much so that I have decided to come back with a fresh, new, bold, vulnerable, sassy season of the podcast on Mother's Day, baby. Let's do this. I'm actively updating the spreadsheets and setting up interviews as we speak. I'm listening to old interviews, even going back to conversations I had in 2021 and just crying and laughing on my couch. I miss so many of these people. I'm listening to people pour their hearts out to me about their relationships, their moms, their childhoods, their children, their lives, their dreams. And there I am on the mic listening and responding with oohs and ahs. And oh, yes, I hear you. And oh, wow, tell me more. And how did that make you feel? And oh, yes, I get it. That's just like my mother. I'm holding space and being vulnerable with my guests and connecting because, well, that's, What a good podcast host should do. And and as I was listening tonight, it, it immediately hit me that my mom would think this was so fake. I can hear her voice saying out loud, oh, wow, look at you, holding space for all these other people and giving all these shits about their moms when you couldn't even bother to call me on my birthday, when you were so mean to me when you would come visit. You call me names sometimes. You remember that? You threw fits. You didn't talk to me for hours. You wouldn't respond to my emails some days. And now now you have a podcast about moms honoring all these moms and talking about what? What do you call it? Complicated grief? Yeah, my mom is uh, loud in my head sometimes. And I almost feel like I need to justify myself to her to give her credence. Well, mom... You should know that I started this podcast to process a lot of that shame and regret and anger I had around our relationship and how you slowly started dying years before your death. Do you remember that? It was hard for me to witness that as your only child. I mean, I started this podcast for me to help me heal mom. I had to start talking about it. So I got on a mic and I told everyone, But my mom wouldn't like that either. Oh, so it's all about you, she'd say. It's all about Dana. It's all about you. It's a shame you didn't use some of that energy to heal our relationship while I was still here. You're right, Mom. (laughs) I should have. I'm sorry. Look, I'll add your name to the Season 3 spreadsheet, and I'll highlight your row yellow so you feel like you're a part of it. Okay? Oh, man man, if I could get on the mic with my mother, ooh, what would that feel like? like? What would she say? How nervous would I be? I mean, and would my mom even be able to find headphones that plug in? I just don't know. I mean, just imagining this now made me feel warm all over because I literally just pictured her healthy and in her early 40s, just like me. And that memory and image of her healthy and thriving as a teacher and as a mom is not usually the first memory that just pops up. I usually have to sift through a lot of shadowy, sick images of her in her bed to get this old, shiny one. But there she is. She's in a blue sweater with blonde hair pulled back in a low-curled ponytail, khaki slacks, earrings from Chico's, most likely, and casual white keds. The sun is shining through our old kitchen window, onto the 90s granite-looking slate-gray countertop, and she is sitting at the counter. She's ready for our interview. We sit on high-backed stools, and maybe we each have a Diet Coke in front of us. I couldn't have real Coke as a kid because my folks thought it was too unhealthy, which is rich, considering that years later I found full bottles of vodka in my mom's bed. And when I asked her about them, she said, those aren't mine. Yes. For real. She actually said that to me when she lived alone and barely had any visitors. I remember saying, Mom, I'm just trying to help. I'm just trying to acknowledge what I'm seeing. I'm looking right at them. Those aren't mine. I can tell I'm extra nervous for this interview with my dead mom. I mean, I hope she feels like she can trust me enough to eventually open up and tell me all her darkest secrets. Will we bond and talk about the death of her younger sister, Barbara, to suicide? Will we gossip about her sexual life before my father? Will we talk about her botched back surgery and how maybe she just had a bad case of undiagnosed fibromyalgia all along? Would she confess that she wished she had more close girlfriends? How quitting teaching killed her self-worth? And does she like hydrocodone more than Oxycontin, or is it just a toss-up? I mean, I'm being sassy, but I I do. I want to get into it. I'm ready. I I hope she knows this isn't a gotcha interview. I I really want to know. And I want to help her process stuff. I want to free her. But she can't find her headphones. And the kitchen is too cavernous for good sound. And she says she has to start making dinner and I should be doing my homework. And we will talk about all of this another time. Keep me on the spreadsheet, though, honey, she says. I might be a little jealous and resentful of your project, but I like being a part of this Mother's Grave community," she says. I really do. I also love this community, and I am so grateful for all of you who listen, who reach out to me with your voice or your texts or your emails, letting me know how this show is helping and inspiring you. I love it. I need it. It's a lonely little game this podcasting life, so keep it up. I love hearing from you. Speaking of, I also love segue, getting to meet some of you in person at our Mother's Grave retreats, which we started last fall for six lucky people. If you are wanting and craving a safe space to process some shame, anger, regret, messy feelings around your relationship to your mother through death or estrangement, and you are female or non-binary identifying, Then we have three retreat spots left for you. This summer, June 8th through the 11th in Antioch, Illinois, for four days and three nights, we will gather on the lake in cute cottages with homemade healthy food. We will make mandalas. We will journal. We will story share. We'll build fires and burn stuff in it. We'll do witchy shit. We'll pull oracle cards. We'll do breath work. We'll rest. We'll hug. We'll laugh. And you will have one-on-one time with a clinician and a massage therapist. Yep, massages on the lake in a cottage. This is the retreat for you. If you also like a nice hot tub soak after a good cry, this is also the retreat for you. There is a hot tub there. One more time. Massages in a cottage on the lake, hot tub, good cries. This is the retreat experience for you. One of the retreat participants from last fall is coming back this summer, coming back, and they said, Uh, this about the retreat experience. They said the retreat reminded them that their relationship, no matter how complex with their mother, never dies. They said the amazingly supportive staff guided us through a weekend of insightful meditative activities. I gained so many tools for nourishing my inner child, a newfound respect for my boundaries, techniques for restorative rest and a community of new friends. I wish I could come here every week. So if you can't make it this summer, but you want to support someone else heal from complex maternal grief, or you're just a fan of this podcast, or you understand grief intimately, maybe consider donating to our first ever scholarship fund. The Lillian Joe Scholarship Fund was started to help just one attendee come this summer, just one at a discounted price. But we got six people applying for this scholarship, six. And I'm a softie. So you know, what I mean, I want to take all of them, but I can't but we are gonna take two people this summer now. So we're looking to raise more money to cover the costs. If you had 10 bucks or 20 bucks or 30 bucks or six grand, consider helping someone else get much needed community surrounded by others who get it. We cannot wait to meet you. We cannot wait to gather around a fire on the edge of a lake and burn things that no longer serve us. So if you are interested in supporting this or coming, You can find all the information around the Mother's Grave Retreat registration and how you can donate at the link in our show notes. You're all amazing. Thank you for being here. I miss you. I can't wait to talk to you on Mother's Day as we launch season three of I Swear in My Mother's Grave. That's nuts. It's three seasons. And um, I can't wait for you to hear and meet so many new incredible people. Until then, I wanted to play some voices for you. These are the voices of some podcast listeners that I've never met and a few past interview guests that you've also never heard. I wanted you to hear their voices because they're a part of this club, this community, and just like you, they are alive and curious and vulnerable and craving connection and understanding. They're getting better at letting the grief wash over them when they need to and they're practicing putting their feelings into words and talking about their moms and talking about themselves and owning their grief. And they're just taking this precious life one day at a time. I'm working on that too, one day at a time.
1: Happy Monday, Dana. My name is Ashley J. Hicks, AKA Ash. Oh my God where has
0: this podcast been for me for the past year and a half? Um, I lost my mom um, to breast cancer in 2021 and uh, I'm only one episode in and within 20 minutes, I was like laughing and crying and like, oh my God, me too. So thank you for your efforts, for your labor. Um, And I'm hoping to be able to connect with you uh, more um, one-on-one. I've become so curious about The grief of losing a mother, whether, you know, it's because of
2: death-related
0: experiences or, you know, due to abandonment or estrangement or whatever the case may be, I've become very, very curious of other people's experiences.
3: Hi, my name's Elizabeth, and today is January 1st, 2023. Yes, it's New Year's Day. I live in North Carolina. And uh, this morning, I decided to start your podcast because today is my mother's birthday. Yep, New Year's baby. But she died in 2014. And uh, I decided I wanted to start listening to your podcast and incorporate it into my life as I also continue to go on this journey. So today was my first time listening to episode one. And I absolutely loved it. And so I am probably going to be quite the fan, an avid listener, and I hope that we can continue conversation along the way because I'm looking forward to listening to all of them and I'm sure I'll have (laughs) comments and short stories to share. Um, But uh, I think it's wonderful that you're doing this. So I won't go on and on, but thank you so, so much for uh, being brave and taking this step. I'm sure it's going to make a difference in a lot of people's lives and hopefully hopefully yours as well. Thanks.
1: Hi Dana, I actually stumbled across your podcast trying to, uh, I don't know what I was searching for, but apparently uh, found exactly what I needed. And I just found it, so I, I went back and, and started listening through season one and I'm now into season two and so I've only been listening uh honestly going into my second week listening to you but I'm already on season two episode three just started episode three and I decided I was going to subscribe on every way that I could and so I just found your uh newsletter and saw that I could do a voice memo I had two moms but I now know that you and and or your audience would be open to this. Uh, one of them has passed. Oh, I'm not going to get emotional in this voice message. and be like, who's this crazy lady? One of them has passed away, and that's the one that I was closest to. And ironically, that's not my biological mother. But she is who chose me, right? She's the one who
4: <laughs> wanted me.
1: And the one who didn't, and still doesn't necessarily choose me, um, the one who's still here, and just when I thought that we could maybe build a relationship, she had triple bypass surgery, and the next morning had bilateral strokes to her cerebellum. So she has physical ailments that... uh, because I am her only biological child, I am now her primary caregiver. And I learned that um, she's bipolar with schizophrenic tendencies, which would explain why she was probably not able to nurture and mother me and why I needed Felicia. Uh, but the over COVID I also, or we found out that the strokes brought on uh, vascular dementia and early onsets, Alzheimer's. So, where we were in counseling and were trying to settle some things. Yeah. So, when I hear you and the guests talking about forgiveness and whew, counseling and, um, you know, being able to settle things and, Um, uh, you know, understanding that you may have to find some closure where it's at. That's pretty much where I'm at. (laughs) Um, especially now, you know, because I have to, you know, our, our, I can't even say roles are reversed, but I'm in a caretaker role with someone, uh, that I'm not who she would have chosen uh, one of my adopted siblings although I'm her biological child is who she probably would have chosen even to care for her uh, and I say that you know like I my sister even in adulthood but she did it more when we were kids but even as adults you know before the stroke she would say this is my pretty one the one most like me and pointed my sister and then point to me and say, and this is my smart one. That's, you know, uh, how we grew up. So anyway, I, uh, just wanted to thank you for this because, uh, this, I've been able to identify with you and some of the guests and, uh, recognize that, um, that I'm not alone with some of the thoughts that I've had and even to get some clarity so just thank you.
5: Sometimes I'll I'll shudder when I think about how unhappy my mother was through most of her life. Mm-hmm. Because that's the forgiveness part, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, I can be mad at her for this and for that. And you know, when you're a kid and your mother, the person who you're relying on because you're a kid and you don't know those options is lying all the time and mm-hmm. stupid things, mm-hmm. things that weren't mm-hmm. even, like, important, but also about really big things, like paying her tax bill and losing the house and, like, big things and small things and gambling and lying and... Uh, is that all self-preservation for her as well? Yeah. Or did- I just told somebody the story the other day that my mother used to whisper on the phone because she was never sure if what she was saying to the person on the phone was, true. was the same story she that told- told- she right. in the room... somebody else that could hear it. Right. So she... And people be like, "Millie, I can't hear you." She's just like, there must be something wrong with the phone." But she would just just whisper all the time, and it was a manifestation of. I, I said this to you before, but this is the metaphor of my mother, and I think a lot of people can sort of relate to this for their own lives. But this is how I describe my mother. And now imagine being that person for seventy eight mm-hmm. years, which is when you're in school and you're a kid and you're at your desk in whatever class, and you're leaning back on the back two legs of a chair. And there's that second that you think you might go over. You know what I'm saying? When you catch yourself, my mother lived in that moment. I would say for 50 years, and a, and a moment of panic. Ooh. Oh, what if somebody? What if I lose the? What if I don't pay the? If somebody, what if the electric company? I mean, we literally taught his kids how to uh, get the to answer the phone and convince the electric company to give us more time. Oh, like literally as how? Children. How? What was? Your, I mean, we had a whole script about like. No, my mom's not home, but she said that you might call, and she said that she went to the bank, and blah, 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 I mean, like a whole script. A script to, like, lie to, like, utility companies.
6: Hey, Dana. I'm so glad that I found your podcast after you followed me on Instagram. Um, I just lost my mother about a week and a half ago. Um, Her name was Dawn. We were very close growing up, almost like codependent close. (laughs) Um, I was diagnosed with Tourette's Syndrome when I was um, younger, and my mom was kind of my primary advocate. Um, So that experience really bonded us. And I think at times our relationship had been a little bit unhealthy, which I realized later in my adult years, And adult life relating to my mother was difficult, um, further complicated by the fact that that she developed dementia. So the last three years of her life was was difficult, I think, for both of us. She had shared something about her past um, right before she really declined. And I had a really hard time grappling with that. I think she shared because she wanted me to know that We were similar, but for a long time, I thought that I received all of like my negative traits from my mother, like my anxiety. She was a very anxious person and a lot of my fear and like control things. And so the last three years had been really complicated and it wasn't until she passed and we just received these outpouring of messages about how open and loving my mother was and how she made people feel so welcome. I did theater as well. We used to have kids in and out of our house and all of them reached out after she passed and was like, your mom was like a second mom to me. She, you know, took me out to breakfast and would listen to my problems. And it wasn't until that moment that I really realized like, yes, my mother and I are so, so similar and we share a lot of the same struggles, but all of the best gifts that I have, like with building communities, relating to other people, that came from my mom. Um, so that's been an amazing realization. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> These are always so awkward.
2: <laughs> Nancy Sue Slusher. Nancy. Dark hair. Dark eyes. High cheekbones. Dimples. And um, this morning, uh, whenever it rains, I think of her, because we like to sit uh, with the front door open with the screen door and listen to the rain on the tin awning over the front door. She would purposely stop in the middle of whatever she was doing, and I'd just be sitting around the house. And she'd come in, and she always say it the same way. And so now I say it this way. Hey, It's raining. Come on, let's go listen to the rain. And then we just walk in, open the front door. We had a couch out in the front hallway, and we just sit there and listen to the rain. And that's what I was thinking this morning when it was raining. It's raining. She never goes away, and though that makes me emotional, gee whiz, it's it's something that that. Um, I'll never turn away. I'll never turn the emotion away. And I don't sit around and cry all the time. It's just, you know, when you go to talk about it, that's, that's when it all comes up. I just wanted to say thank you for inviting me to do this because, as we both have said before, it's really hard to find people who will let you talk about your mother or other people you've lost because, you know, people want to move on and that's natural. And that's, you know, that's right in a lot of ways, but it takes away a joy that you don't often get uh, a
7: chance to express. Um, so thank you. Thank you for letting me do this. Hi Dana. My name is Omar Girish. So my mother passed away in um, January of 2009, and it was the event that absolutely shattered me, broke me down, and then pieced me back together. All the work I do today in the world is serving people um, who are grieving and who believe that there's something deeper than loss for them to live, live up to, which is their sole purpose. And my job is to work with them and guide them on this journey from the portal of loss to the portal of purpose. Um, I've published three books. I'm just working on my fourth, the first draft is done, and uh, I love the work you do. I serve as a spiritual mentor, mainly focused on the areas of um, loss and life purpose, incorporating The beauty and the uniqueness of human design, which is a whole beautiful system that I am guiding people on. So lots to share. And if you feel called to connect, I would love to. Thank you and have a beautiful day.
4: As I told Rebecca at 5am when we were both stirring in bed, uh, gratefulness to to be uh, uh, asked to be part of this thing that I think I've sent to you is so very special uh, that you are doing. Uh, the fact that, that you took that sadness and those feelings, uh, that so many of us feel and you're creating with it and making something of it that, that can impact others. And, uh, as you've said, not only people who've lost their mothers, but just humans in general. Right. Uh, and, uh, I I hate to be in this club, as I'm sure everyone does. Well, maybe not everyone. Uh, I don't know. Uh, But uh, I'm I'm thankful to be surrounded by uh, people like you. You were one of the first people uh, to reach out uh, when I got my membership card. So uh, I really, truly thank you for giving me this uh, Mm -hmm. platform to talk about her. Uh, I wish I got to talk about her more.
0: You read that script so well. Thanks, Kyle, for reading the script that I handed you to say. Oh,
3: I'm like crying over
4: here. That's You're so- welcome.
0: And then oh, I, I, <laughs> I,
4: sign right here. Right. This yeah, is you where we, on I the just sign that I I'll did. send what you you asked $20. me to do. Great. And if you could just mail that check to my agent's <laughs> office, that'd be great.
0: I wish I could give all of those humans checks because they're all amazing and some of them I've never even met yet. Uh, I hope that helped. I know it didn't heal you. I know it didn't erase your grief journey. I know it isn't your exact story. And I know that a compilation of voices on a podcast isn't going to erase your pain. But... I do believe in connection. And when I get on the microphone with someone or I get a voice memo or I call someone or get an email, I feel a sense of warmth running through my body and a glimmer of of a reminder that I am not making this up. This is hard and like really messy and I need to be able to connect. I crave that and I hope Maybe by hearing some of their voices, you felt a little bit of warmth too. My mother died alone in her bed on a Saturday. And that's okay. That's what she chose. But I don't want to die alone in my bed. I hope when I go that I've had a croissant at least that morning. But when I go, I hope that I we will have someone's hand to grab. And I, I won't be alone. I hope that for all of us. So I hope that helped. And if it didn't help, <laughs> I'll talk to you again on Mother's Day. Season three is coming back. Uh, I'm so excited. I miss you all. I'm sending you much love. I hope you're thriving. And um, I'll talk to you soon.